Welcome to Center Stage with international opera star Pamela Kuhn. And now, here is your host, Pamela Kuhn. And the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. There are many artists who grow up in humble circumstances, but it is my experience that for those who emerge from humble backgrounds, they often develop into artists of tremendous generosity and grace. The added bonus is that there is a certainty of work ethic and humility that accompanies all of this. These are perhaps the greatest gifts that an artist can have. My guest today possesses all of this and more. Bass baritone Mark S. Doss is a man of great poise and integrity. His talents have been honed in serendipitous events that led him towards music at an early age. But his roads have been multifaceted. Having a strong urge to pursue the priesthood, he had to decide exactly what passion he would follow. The music world has benefited from his dedication to singing, and Mark S. Doss has been rewarded with a world-class career. But I have a feeling that his passion has been fueled by his dignified spiritual devotion to pursuing what is right, giving back, and mentoring others as he has been mentored. His is definitely The Road Less Traveled, so it should be no surprise that one of his favorite books is M. Scott Peck's book of the same name, Finding Grace and Meaning in Life by Looking Down All Roads. It is a transcendence that fortifies his every performance with a depth that only the spiritually involved can find. Quite simply, he has been called to pursue a life fleshed out in significance. So I'm not going to hold back here. I want to bring Mark Estos into this right now. Mark, thank you for being on Center Stage. No, it's good to be with you, Pamela. It is an honor to have you here. You know, I've got to start out with what Rebecca Franks of the London Times says of your recent performances of Scarpia in Tosca with Welsh National Opera. And she says, Mark Doss is spot on as Scarpia, avarice and evil wrapped up in swagger, menace and dangerous charm. You know, I saw that swagger when you walked into our radio studio. Yeah, it's pretty menacing. (laughs) And then here comes the voice. Um, You've earned for yourself a fantastic A-level career as a bass baritone. You are a Grammy Award-winning recording artist. You have many TV appearances to your name. Plus, you are the 2011 recipient of the prestigious Entertainment Award from Planet Africa, recognizing your achievements as an artist, but also as a role model for youth, both in Canada and in the U.S., I know that your road to a music career was complicated by your love and devotion of going into the ministry. How did music win? Well, I think it is a ministry to be able to sing, to especially to sing the words that are very profound to me. Um, the priests, high priests that have sung uh, Sarastro in the, the Magic Flute, Salbaflerter, the Zacharia in uh, the Nabucco, Verdi's mm-hmm. Nabucco. So they have been uh, very close to me. Yohanan, La Scala, John the Baptist, and Salome. Um, just very, very profound. And, uh, you know, you concentrate on the words, you concentrate on the melodies, you concentrate on the, the, the musical uh, meanings and what they bring to you and bring them all together so that they are something very profound. Um, 
I, I can say that uh, at one point when I was studying, my second voice teacher actually uh, sort of got me out of the tenors. I was a, sort of a, really a Mario Lanza, you know, mm-hmm. a follower, and I was doing too much uh, tenor stuff, basically. You know, Larence was going a little too high, so I had to <laughs> drop it down where I had a, a good teacher who said, well, no, you, you should get out of the, the, the tenors in that section of the chorus and, and do uh, the bass or bass baritone. He says, you are a baritone. And so that was where I started uh, changing, and he did say to me at one time, he said, if I considered doing something other than becoming a Catholic priest, he thought I could be a professional singer. So that's that's the first time anyone had mentioned that. Uh, before, I had done a workshop in Cleveland uh, uh, based on, uh, or centered on acting, singing, and dancing. It's the first time they did anything like that in Cleveland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Original production of... Uh, uh, Frank Baum's what the Wiz, the, the Wizard of Oz, the Wiz that is, uh, it mm-hmm. was called, not not the Wiz, the Wiz that is, and I wound up being Daniel Gale from Kansas because I was the person that could project the voice probably even better than most of the people in the, in that uh, ensemble. But but, but hold on a minute, isn't it true that your fifth grade teacher, mm. Mrs. Mapson, asked you to sing the Wells Fargo Wagon Song from mm-hmm. The Music Man, and after you were done, she had said you had the potential to go to New York City and make a lot of oh, money. Oh, the Wells Fargo Wagon is a <laughs> coming down the street. Oh, uh, yeah, the voice hadn't quite <laughs> broken into that place yet, but... Uh, yeah, she said, oh, my gosh, that's beautiful. You, can, you could go right now to New York right now and make a lot of money. Uh, I was never going to sing after that. I You're just kidding. I went to athletics as hard as I could and, uh, you know, <laughs> basketball, baseball, tennis, ran cross country in high school and, and never really got back to uh, any type of music until uh, I was, you know, dropped back in grades because of a lack of attendance, uh, moving around from school to school. And I said, well, it's time to excel and get out. And so the, the counselor said, well, let's see. What can you take? How about chorus? Do you sing any? I said, well, yeah, I sing a bit. So let's do that. That's 10 credits. How about drama? Do you, 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 that's 20 credits. You think you want to do drama? I said, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that as a class. So that came together when the uh, drama professor said, a teacher said, well, we're doing Godspell, and I think you're in chorus. Do you want to do you want to do Godspell with us? And I said, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. You know, I was very much into religion <laughs> at that time. So I, my mom made up a nice uh, uh, Superman uh, you know, costume for me, not realizing I was not going to be doing that role, basically. But uh, I did sing Prepare You the Way of the Lord coming down the uh, aisle of my high school, uh, uh, East Technical High School in Cleveland. So how there fantastic. was Johanna, how many years ago, at La Scala singing, yeah. you know, Prepare the Way of the Lord, basically. How amazing. <laughs> so, so, so was that when music became cool and was acceptable to you? Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think I, had, I went through a cold during that period of uh, the production, I remember, so I had to try to find ways to, again, ways, the technique has to come in, try to find ways to get through the performances. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't as good then at doing that, but uh, it, it did tell me, you know, I mean, my, my friends, the jocks, the basketball team that won state championships, uh, uh, my coach was a globetrotter, former globetrotter. So basically it said to them, you know, oh, this is legitimate, this guy's really, he's good at what he does, you know, this is not just this music sidetrack. So, yeah. you know, uh, um, performing was important, and it's uh, connected to the um, athletic sort of thing. I always think of my Escamillo as being a, an athletic feat, you know, let's mm-hmm. get the, the, the 10s and 9.9, 9.3, whatever, and so my auditions have been that way, and performances have been that way, because he goes bang right into that aria, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, That's perform right. or not perform, let's do it, let's go, mm-hmm. you know, stick that landing, boom, let's do it. So, In fact, I would say your signature roles are all quite physical. I mean, if you look at Mephistopheles, mm-hmm. the Boito, mm-hmm. I mean, this this involves a lot. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, again, Scarpia also very mm-hmm. similar to a physical entrance that I make more physical. I think I did with Stephen Mercurio, where he said, yeah, hold that nose. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to 
el respeto. You know, he's already just set up that whole uh, sense of, oh, urgency. Who is this guy right. just walked on the stage? One of the greatest entrances of all opera, as you have with Escamillo when he comes out with that big um, bang. We just heard the tenor part of your voice. Oh, yeah, that is. Yeah, it yeah, pops yeah, out like occasionally. That. I've had tenors say that. He, he has the same placement as I do. How does that happen? Well, you know, it's somehow it's, that was that Mario Lanza influence, I think. And, you know, George London, Chesa de Siempi. Yeah. I probably sat in front of the television at age eight, nine, or whatever it was, looking to, listening to watching a Met uh, broadcast, uh, telecast. And I remember that, that cloak of this beautiful Chile. I don't know if it was Siepi, I don't know who it was, but I just remember the deep uh, sound that was just so amazing. I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that's great. I want to do that. Someday, you want I to think, do maybe. that. Then I had my super possibility, you know, the Metropolitan Opera on Tour in uh-huh. Cleveland. Uh-huh. Uh, got my $8. They paid me <laughs> in the uh, super in Aida. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting in the wings. Wow. And I sit there and I see James McCracken, I guess, singing, you know, the end of Chileste Aida. His nose is held so long. Said, oh my gosh, I'm right next to him. I could touch the guy. So you go out on the streets and you're singing, you know. It's like, oh, yeah, and if you touch him, you get up, a little please. bit yeah, of that well, magic, don't you? <laughs> I don't know if it sounded like McCracken, but that's, that's what it said in the program. I got oh, afterwards. Oh, you know, so. I think you've got a lot of thrill in this sound. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, fun stuff. Listen, your spiritual connection to the priesthood, this, mm. this was quite a drama for you, wasn't it? Well, I think so. Yeah, my my good friend, Brother Hugh Hendrickson, he was a, a religious brother in the Society of the Precious Blood, um, encouraged me going to the seminary. Uh, we had different places to go, possibly. I think I went to Notre Dame, Notre Dame in mm-hmm. uh, South Bend, Indiana, and uh, thought about becoming a Holy Cross, you know, a priest. Uh, but uh, St. Joseph's College in Rensselaer, Indiana, was the Society of the Precious Blood, where they based their um, program, the program, formation program. And so I went there. Uh, there was another alternative, maybe go to Cincinnati and study at Xavier Uni- University. Um, and so I went to St. Joe's thinking this was what I was going to do, become a Catholic priest. And uh, well, I was wow. cast in uh, Man of La Mancha the first uh, year I was there, in the <laughs> theater arts, and they, they tried to make me Pancho, uh, Sancho Panza, Panza, and I thought, well... I don't know. I want to be the Padre. I want to be typecast. Please, I need to do this part. You know, really? so so I, I took a little down. You know, from the the, the more important. There was always a, a graduate, um, a senior there who was made his you know made his mark, and he was the the real established singer. He was going to do Don Quixote, so it wasn't mm-hmm. a question of that. It's just who was going to be next in line. And so there I was, and I said, well, geez, I have to do this. You know, the, the, the Padre sings, to each his Dulcinea. It was, oh, it's just such gorgeous music, you know. If it's not oh, the dawn, you might as well do that one. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was the, the Latin that I grew up with. I was still part of uh, pre-Vatican of II. I was serving Mass, you know, with the incensor, mm-hmm. when I still heard the Latin Mass being pronounced. That was part of my, my connection to Italian and the... The Romance languages, probably, because it's sort of internal. Yeah. And people ask me, oh, why does Italian so good? The Italians say, why is Italian so good? We don't understand this. I said, well, I think it's there somewhere. Coming right back to the Latin. So, and you are known for being a perfectionist with your languages and style. I tend to be. um, I'm very analytical and uh, sometimes anal retentive as far as those things go, trying to make sure that the the accents are there. It was, was, uh, who is it, Um, Bastianini, Ettore Bastianini, the Italian who always (laughs) correct the Italians in their Mm -hmm. diction. So, you know, I I listen to his diction basically sometimes and, you know, Cesare Siepi and... uh, and I find uh, those are those are the guys, uh, Cappuccini, you know. Uh, 
All the greats. I sang with on stage, yeah. But also, when you were at Santa Fe, when you were Mm. at Chicago, you were in the Apprentice Program, you had the work of Nico Castell with you, too, the the great uh, coach, diction coach. Nico was wonderful, and I I gave him all my my, my big Zingarelli uh, dictionary I had with me. I carted to Santa Fe, and uh, I think Colorni, you know, the diction, uh, the book, and I'm going through this. And he could see that I was so intent on the the details of diction, and uh, I think I questioned something he said, and I said, oh, Nico, are you sure about this? And he said, oh. So he gave me three references, basically, because he, you know, sometimes they just blow you off. He says, well, you know, I'm the expert here. Why do you even question me? But because he saw that I was really intent on on finding out what it was, and I was mm-hmm. willing to do the work, and it wasn't mm-hmm. just pretense that I was going to, you know, ask him a question. I said, well, what, what do you base this on? And so he came back, three references. I, oh. I do that whenever I want to, you know, stress a point. And I said, well, you know, don't, don't take my word for it. These are three credible references, and so, you know, listen to them. If you find others, then you can go another path. Always so you're a details man. You've those. got to really <laughs> understand. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and speaking about Santa Fe, is it true that you actually got excited about Donald O'Connor's dance in Singing in the Rain, <laughs> uh, Make Him Laugh, and, and you tried <laughs> to dance yes, on the wall, and I you did, knocked I it did. down? I knocked the wall down. Like the walls of Jericho just came <laughs> tumbling down, and uh, John Crosby walks into the dressing room, the big gang dressing room in Santa Fe. He's got his cigarette burning through his knuckles, and he looks and he says, well, we're going to tear it down anyway. <laughs> it's a good thing. I said, okay. You didn't get fired. I thought I was fired. I saw that concrete just unraveling in front of me and thought, oh my gosh, career's over before it starts. No, it's not. Mark Stephen Doss, ladies and gentlemen, if you've just tuned in here on WGCH, we have the man himself. And let's listen to a little bit of one of your signature parts. This is Mephistophele by Boito. Do you want to give us a, a little lead into this? Well, yes. Here we have the, the devil responding to the chorus who's uh, praising God, Ave Señor, Ave Señor, and, and so he's very sarcastic. He comes in, yeah, Ave Señor. He says, he says forgive my you know, ill ease, uh, ill ability to you know, express myself, but uh, all these things about human beings, and then he finally strikes his deal with Faust. Uh, to see if he can tempt him and bring him down, and uh, you know God agrees. Okay, well you can go on and do it. But you know he's talking about the angels. He really just you know, sneers at the angels and making fun of them. You know, a former angel. And he sings like an angel, right? He's, I know. He was the angel one time. This so is like the flip side. Well? This is the flip side of you, <laughs> Mark Estos. Here he is, folks. You sound fantastic. That's fine. This is this is off your CD of of this opera, Mephistopheles by Buito. You're you're actually a Grammy Award uh, winner Mm -hmm. yourself. Yes, Uh, very very big recording of uh, Semele done uh, with uh, John Nelson conducting, uh, and uh, obviously wonderful singers of Kathy Battle and uh, Marilyn Horne, Samuel Ramey. 
so and certainly a, a, with a group of very, very, very good people. Absolutely. A top, a top class kind of uh, uh, cast there. Now, you're about to embark on a four-state solo recital series presented by the Drozdoff Society here. Mm-hmm. And you're starting out in Stamford, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that you're doing a lot with children. And I know you're known for this. You, you know, and this is what I was referring to in my intro. You give back. You've been mentored. You've, you've had a lot of people helping you along the way. You've had that road less traveled, giving you a kind of serendipitous, you know, kick here and there to, to, to keep you on the right road. How do you give back to the kids now? Well, I think, as I mentioned before, my, my good friend, Brother Hugh, uh, a mentor, um, a wonderful person that was very responsible for getting all the, the young children, boys, especially in the neighborhood, involved. And uh, when I talk about, you know, things with connection with Catholicism, you know, there was never, never anything funny going on. Mm-hmm. This is a straightforward man that uh, just wanted to make sure that uh, young men were... Uh, off the streets and uh, in in mass in the service serving mass. You know, what are you doing? Get get the mass. You should be serving mass right now. I mean, it was one of those things where it's quite a you know disciplinarian, but uh, you knew he had your best interest at heart. So mm-hmm. I, I become so much of a, pretty much of a, a drill instructor when I do uh, singing. You know. Uh, and so there's a regiment that people have to go through, and uh, solfeggio. You know, I have people do that and whatnot, and uh, they, they wonder. They wonder how you come up with do re mi fa viso si la di do re do ti fa re mi fa viso si la di do re mi re do so and so forth. So all kind of while I'm juggling, while I'm doing hula hoop, and so all those things that uh, can interest people, my melodica playing that through, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. so there are different things that can connect to people. Obviously, teaching I liked a great deal. I was at Michigan State for a couple of years when I had the time to teach, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, since then, you know, I mean, in the end, I was an associate instructor when I was getting my master's degree there at Indiana. University, and I think I had someone that couldn't match pitch, and I thought, you know, they should have been out of the program. Why, why are you signing up for voice if you can't match pitch? Well, I said, let's go. Oh, dear, a female, dear. I thought, if I can get her through this semester, at least getting that song done. Yeah. And I thought she did. She actually arrived and, and, and got the pitches correct, and I thought that was an accomplishment. And uh, music, yeah. music therapy was the, the big thing in uh, Michigan State and uh, music education. So, you know, it doesn't always have to be performance. It's about, you know, people trying to learn things so that they can give back to other people, so they can make people well, so that they can teach people. So I was really intrigued by that. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily have to have those singers that are only going to be professionals. Uh, that uh, I think singing is something certainly is healing for the, the soul, for the spirit, mm-hmm. for the body. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, positive endorphins that we get when we sing. Uh, things Without that, question. Uh, and, of course, you're teaching them discipline. You know, uh, uh, Renee Fleming speaks about singing as an Olympian feat. Mm. You're you're at the level that you are at with this great career. And and this is true, isn't it? I mean, it's so important to stay well. It's so important to shake the bushes, as you put on your your beautiful website, to Mm. see what you can stir up. But also, it's just that workout of the voice. It's that Mm. that daily discipline of working what you own, isn't it? Right. Yeah, and as you do, sing more, uh, the as I, I've heard Domingo say, you know, the more I sing, the better I sing. Uh, at, at one point, I thought that's certainly true, and the, the repertoire can be a great teacher. Mm-hmm. So you go from one yeah. point to the, just singing more. The repertoire of songs, the Wagnerian things that I've done recently, and uh, learning how to do those from day to day. Obviously, sometimes they don't take those in consideration when they're doing the rehearsals. <clears throat> Am I doing another rehearsal today after yesterday and the day before yesterday, and I'm singing right. Wagnerian repertoire? That's but a lot. you find that you have a way 
to uh, get through it, and then the chords actually respond in such a way that you mm-hmm. feel the the thickness and the and the durability coming in. And you know, you know, you can test your limits if you feel some cracking coming on, or or fatigue, or dryness, mm-hmm. and you try to deal with those uh, mm-hmm. with healthy ways of you know. I do juicing and whatnot, and I do you know. There's a Himalayan salt inhaler. I can you know breathe and whatnot to keep everything these infections from invading my system, uh, hopefully. And uh, you know, but you have to take take. Uh, be on guard. That's yeah. right. That's right. And I know my friend Dolores Ajek, the great mm. dramatic mezzo, always says the vocal cords can take a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not saying to abuse, yes. you know, but her, they're her tough. vocal cords could take a really a <laughs> lot because I've sung with her, and it's it's an amazing instrument. She but, is incredible, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, the sense of endurance. I I love her approach. Right. You know, speaking about um, performing and and the whole process. What do you enjoy the most? Do you enjoy the discovery of new music? Do you enjoy the rehearsal, or is it the performance for you that really gives you the buzz? Well, I think everything is uh, what I enjoy. Bringing it all together, yes, the process is really important. Um, At some point you think you don't need to rehearse as much because you have so much experience, background. Mm -hmm. I remember just listening or doing some YouTube searching through uh, Jackie Gleason. He came up. That was his big deal. He he never wanted to rehearse a lot. He says, okay, we do the first read-through, and then next thing you know, you see him at the the performance, uh, you know, the taping, the major taping, and uh, because he had to have that that freshness. He thought rehearsing took it away from Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of, you know, in the middle. I like to feel what the people are feeling, I like, especially in opera. You like to make sure that they know the voice is there, that you're, you're doing phrases over and over again, so you think, oh, I can relax now. This guy's got it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about is he going to crack on that phrase or what's going to happen here and there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an exactly. important element when you're doing opera, to have that uh, sort of established in rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And then the rapport to have with your colleagues, to understand how they're going to act in certain ways uh, with, um, you know, dramatic situations. So they're going to go this way, they're going to go that way. I will make some variations. The variations and themes, basically, I like to use. Hmm. So it's not always going to be the same thing, but I do write things down specifically, left hand up, right hand down, and then I will go and use something different sometimes, but it will be in that area. And then they, they'll know, so they can also work with that. Am I going to go left of them? Am I going to go right of them? Do you do the basic things? Do you see them going downstage, you counter upstage the other way, and you feel the whole um, yeah. thing happening in front of you? Yeah, and you're collegial, aren't you? I, I hope so, yeah. I, I really I ask my colleagues, what, what, what do you need? How can I help you? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and, and occasionally they say that to me as well. But I think, <laughs> you know, yes. <laughs> you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours, you know. But uh, Now tell us about, about this East Coast recital tour you're doing now, because this is really quite beautiful. I mean, you're mm-hmm. going to be doing a lot of intimate settings. Right. And uh, what's the repertoire? What do we have to expect? Well, we have a wide range. Uh, I had to come up with things that have uh, built through this um, fundraising program uh, that I've tried to do for some orchestras and uh, opera companies. And uh, so I I know that I could perform these uh, arias. I just came from... uh, uh, showing of these are areas in um, with orchestra in Montana and Wyoming symphonies I did. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, if you can do these with orchestra, then you could probably add another one or two, uh, which is not easy because <laughs> now you're doing you know about two or three operas in uh, in an evening. Uh, <laughs> That's so, right. Well, I start with uh, the um, creation aria. Um, the now shines the brightest glory of heaven. So it you know, has a lot of up and down range, F sharp, bottom, low, low D in there, mm-hmm. and it established with the, the, the nice. Archangel Gabriel, uh, Raphael, excuse me, uh, giving the sixth day basically in creation. Mm-hmm. And so we found that I did this uh, run through sort of in Cardiff to how the, how this recital would work, and it sounds oh fantastic. How, who could have thought of this starting with creation? I, said, <laughs> I don't know. It just sort of popped in my head, I guess. <laughs> who, who would have thought? Uh, and, and then, 
then you go with Attila, uh, the wonderful aria that uh, is in the fronts of the gates of Rome, uh, Pope Leo there, and the whole thing of sieging the city, and then saying, I'm going to go and do it anyway. His fear of seeing this dream, this nightmare. So Attila is very poignant because it brings back so the darker side after you've gone into this light of you know the, mm-hmm. the sixth day. Mm-hmm. And um, then we go on to um, Boris Ari, the Boris Gulnov. Oh. Just a light thing. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but but once you start about sieging, you know, Rome, and it's very very uh, energetic, then you bring it down to the very sort of dark um, forebodings of Boris and his uh, sense of feeble power and whatnot. And uh, so they work very extensively on this aria, and um, I have it all all down in mo- emotions. So I put emotions to each phrase. Mm-hmm. I put specific little um, uh, dr- dramatic sort of gestures and uh, stagings, basically mini stagings on each phrase, and then I'll give it also uh, the you know the word-for-word translation, we go through that. And the uh, inflection of, uh, you know, the Russian through some uh, pocket right. coach and whatnot. And other people have a Russian instructor in, uh, in Toronto that I've gone through some of it with. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. very poignant and uh, ends in a sort of a dark mode. But then we lift it up then with the uh, uh, Mephistopheles, again, Mephi- the uh, Berlioz Mephistopheles, a little serenade. So he's mocking uh, Marguerite and mocking Faust about, you know, the, the feebleness of, of, of mankind. You know, don't trust them. Wait till the ring's on your finger, honey. Mm-hmm. So that that whole thing is very sort of light, you know, that little serenade. And then we go into a little more of the darkness with the with Wagner. We have the um, uh, Amfortas, which I just did in Poznan, in Poland for the first time. Uh, his whole sense of uh, his father's just died. Um, and uh, he's trying to justify this all oh, is happening, and he just wants to die. This wound is killing him that will not heal. And he's, the knights are saying, unveil the grail. We have to be nourished by the grail. We have to have holy communion. And he says, no, I need to go on. I need to... Uh, finally says, kill me then. And then finally, with Mephistopheles, we just ended this Eco il mondo. You know, wow. here's, here's the world. Here's the world, people. And let's pull it out. And, you know, it's a surprise ending at the end of that. Arc. And you have the w- wonderful Slava Kriosnov playing for you in mm-hmm. a couple of these recitals. Um, we love him. He's a rock star. He, he is the best <laughs> pianist. Oh, my God. The two of you together. Beauty on stage, both of you. Treat. Listen, Mark Estos, I have to thank you for being on center stage. Your career mm-hmm. has been and filled with light, and you have graced our world with the joy of music making while building an environment of integrity and joy, and I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Mark Estos is performing uh, starting May 13th. Information, um, you can go on to Baruch Performing Arts Center in New York or at 212-352-3101. This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is now down on Center Stage.
Deceive me, deceive me. 